Hello and welcome to a new episode of Doctrine and Doxology. I caught you off guard there, didn't I? Yes, you did. You weren't ready, but I was ready, and now we're both ready. And we're flowing. We're flowing. I don't know exactly what that means, but we're here and we're doing it. That's right. Flowing or floating? Yes. What did you say? I said flowing. For some reason, I had floating in my mind. <laughs> I'm not floating. I'm not sure why. We're flowing. We're here. We're with a new episode where I don't know what we're doing, um, but we're here. And I'm glad we're here. Consistently here. This is like the the newest record. Three in a row? Well, we've done better than that in the past, but... Well, yeah, but that for, was the for past. For a while, that's been a good record. Yeah, because life has been what it's been, so... And we had holidays in the middle of it, and... Hollandaise? Hollandaise and is that illnesses. Ice cream? Is that ice cream? Hollandaise? Hollandaise. It's a sauce, I think. Hollandaise sauce? Hollandaise sauce? Hollandaise sauce. Anyways, I didn't have any of that, but I did have Christmas and New Year's and now life. Yeah. So, in the midst of this life, we're doing this, and this is what? What are we doing here? Not what we're talking about, but what are we doing here? What are we doing? We're chit-chatting back and forth together. Bantering. Ball batting. Ball batting. Talking about attributes of God, and now we're, we're into man, and we're, we're talking about the things that man and women, men and women last week. And today, I think we're going to be talking a little bit about what happened in the garden. Or, well, yeah, it did happen in the garden. The yes. fall of man, yeah. sin, came into the world. But before we do that, I mean, what's the point of this podcast? We've been doing this for years now did you know that yeah i think six years well the reason we're doing it is because we were driving to the hospital oh you're going to visit back to somebody the, i'm going back back back, back in time back, back, back. and uh we were bantering back and forth about scriptures and about what we felt it meant and and you made the statement i wish our people could hear us talk about this so they would know what's in our heart. Ta-da! Yeah, I didn't mean that like arrogantly. Like no, I just meant I. I think I meant more so. Well, I meant that, but I also think I meant this. These conversations were edifying to me. They were to me too. To think out loud and discuss something with another brother or believer, and I wish everybody got to enjoy that. Yeah. So now we give them that chance. Well, we let them listen in to our ball batting, and hopefully, it spurs something. But well, then yeah. we, we then we kind of we kind of focused. We kind of that was kind of the heartbeat behind it. But then we focused to where we were gonna look at doctrines, truths that we believe. Yes, yes. And connect to, or hopefully, spur on doxology, which is worship. Okay. So we were hoping that as we considered. Um, formal, that's the word, formal teachings of the Bible, doctrines. Okay. It would lead to adoration of God and praise of God and sure. thanksgiving to God and doctrine and doxology. Yeah. Because those two things go together. They're inseparable in the Christian practice. It's kind of like the command and the obedience. Sure. Or heard the command and the response. Well, I'm just saying you wouldn't have I mean, if you have right doctrine, it's going to lead to worship. If you have 
right worship. It's flowing from doctrine. Yes. And so that's true. Anyways, you have revealed the subject for today. So that's kind of the the point behind the podcast. Uh, We haven't shared that in a while. Kind of thought maybe it'd be helpful. Uh, but today we're going into one of those doctrines as we've kind of progressed through, I don't know, a series of thoughts here. We've talked about the attributes of God and now yes. the creation of God and uh, the creation of God, creation of man. Yeah, but create God's creation, the creation oh, okay. of I oh, the creation. Of, well, I kind of confused, well, confused on that. I'm glad you said that because that's well, not what who I meant. created God. No one. <laughs> But the creation of God, his creation, we've been talking about his creation along with his attributes. Uh, And you're right. We've covered uh, humanity. And then we went into the genders last week. Yep. And today we're looking. That's kind of a zoom in. Now we're going back out to this really, really, really big subject. Yes, it is. Sin. Humongous. Humongous. I haven't heard that word in forever. Oh, my goodness, your phone is ringing. It ain't nobody. Was it your wife? Jerry Gibson. Oh, (laughs) man, Jerry. (laughs) Well. I'll call him. I'll call him back. Dear to our hearts. Yes, he is. But not in our ears, at least not right now. Yeah. Uh, We're talking about sin. Humongous is right. Haven't heard that word in forever, but it is humongous. In fact... It's not the main story of the Bible, but it follows the main story of the Bible. In fact, well, the, the main story of the Bible is because of this yeah, subject. because of sin. The whole purpose for Christ coming to earth and dying on a cross for our sins was because of our sins. Right. Jerry <laughs> left your voice. Yes, he did. We need something to, to make us back right with God, to give that propitiation. Ooh. Another big word. So God created, God created everything good. Yes. Which doesn't mean, um, com- I don't want to say complete's not the right word. He didn't create Adam and Eve like um, all-knowing or all-powerful or anything like that. But he did create them good. Yes. Morally good, uh, in his image, um, right with him, righteous, holy, all of those things. But then this event happens in the garden. Yes. Where Paul describes it in Romans chapter 1 as what? Exchanging. Are you, are you dropping me hints here? I'm I'm dropping them here, man. Verse Changing the truth for a lie? Yeah. If, I think that's verse 25, Romans 1, 25. Okay. Exchange the truth about God for a lie? Um. I think verse 23, they exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal right. man. And, and as we discussed a little creatures. bit last week, it was, un- it was unbelief. Right. So they they reject the truth of God when God said in the garden, don't eat that tree. And they embrace right. the lie of the enemy, the serpent, who said, well, it called into question God's statements. Did he really say that? Did he actually say that you're going to die? What does it even mean to die? Blah, 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 blah. So his tactic then is to call into question the truthfulness of God. Yes. Back in Romans 1, Peter or Paul saying, exchange the truth about God for a lie. Yes. So from the moment there in Genesis 3 then, the enemy 
convinces Adam and Eve that God wasn't telling the truth, or at least the whole truth, unbelief crept into their hearts and their minds, and they disobeyed God. Yes. And thus, we have sin. So that's that's the origin of sin, and I think that's even the definition of sin, the most basic, simplest definition of sin. Not trusting God. Yes. Yes. Okay. In a way that leads to disobedience. So did we inherit sin? Yes. So because Adam sinned, we have a sin nature? Yes. Is that good enough for you? Are we counted guilty because of Adam's sin? Yes. Are you wanting yes or no questions? That's that's fine. Well, I mean, all of this, I, I once uh, was having this discussion uh, with somebody, and I actually just kind of made it in passing, and they brought up and really strongly disagreed with me on that. Okay. Because um, I do feel we're responsible. We can't throw Adam under the bus because we're sinners. Right, but but this person was... Because I'm responsible for me. This person was really frustrated at the thought that an innocent little newborn baby might be counted sinful or guilty. What's okay. that? Ba- what's that baby done, good or bad? To well, one thing, to that be baby's selfish. <laughs> well, I want something to eat. Wah. And I think that <laughs> change my diaper. Wah. Wah. I think that selfishness comes because they have that sin nature that has been passed through and anyways this whole discussion i I said this person asked uh, where's that in the bible then and i thought well that and i answered that that's the point of romans 5 because one man sinned we all sin right Or, or because one man sinned we all die yes and sin spread to all men so all men die and in Romans 5, Paul's contrasting that with the work of Christ, right? One man is righteous, so yes. all men in him can be right. righteous right. And, and live. But if you're not in Christ, the uh, the other side of that coin is true also. Because of Adam, in Adam all die. And so sin has spread through all of humanity, and not just humanity, all creation, right? Animals right, are right. dying, the world is is fading away, Natural disasters, all that kind of stuff is happening. Well, I think it's it's common for man to try to avoid guilt or explain so he it will away. Say, yeah, you know, the devil made me do it. Right. Because of Adam, I've got this sin. Right. I'm I'm not responsible. So I'm not responsible. Yeah. But that doesn't hold water. We know that we're responsible for our own sins. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Right. Those two things, I mean, they go hand in hand, right? Like, yes, you're guilty and you have a sinful nature. You're conceived in sin and born a sinner, right. the Bible teaches. And that does lead to sin in your life. You commit sin, but you also commit sin because you're not perfect and you don't keep God's law. Yeah. Yes. And, and this, our spiritual nature is anti-God. Right, the, that's the that's the whole point of James saying sin is a matter of the heart. You're lured and enticed and tempted by your own desires. Yes. Not the, this devil made me do it excuse or this, 
this blame game that Adam and Eve played and that we yeah. we want to put back onto Adam and Eve, it just doesn't that doesn't hold water either, right? James is saying, no, you you sin when you're tempted and you're tempted by your own internal right. desires to do something or not do something. I think that's one of the key elements in a salvation uh, for a soul to realize that they are guilty before God because they've sinned. And yeah. and there's also realizing that the payment for that guilt and for that sin was paid by Jesus on the cross. So so let me ask you a question then. Okay. If we're defining sin as unbelief and or disobedience. Yes. Well, I'm not going to say or. Unbelief and disobedience. I think they are inseparable, They're really. kind of linked, yeah. Uh, if that's the definition of sin, why then is sin such a big deal? I mean, why does Jesus need to die? Why does somebody spend an eternity in hell? Why does God get so mad? Like, really, we always are committing mistakes and faults and failures. And maybe my sin's victimless. It's not harming anybody. So, really, why is this a big deal? Well, because we're trying to have a relationship with a holy God. He I'm is, not. I'm not. If I'm the atheist, I don't care about a holy God. Well, yeah, but I think in our in our depths of our soul... We know there is a God, even the atheist. He's going to worship something. Because I, I think the Bible says that God put that in our hearts. To that want, desire to worship? Want something to worship. Okay. You know, the, even the people in remote parts of the world who have never heard about Christ or something, they're going to worship something, maybe the sun and the stars or stars, nature or something. Okay. So it's our it's our intent to come to God, but even the smallest sin, even those that don't don't harm anyone or have little consequence, are definitely they separate us from a holy God because He is no sin. There's no sin in Him. He is holy, and He commands us to be holy, and we're not. So you're saying that just because God and I are different. That one little lie, if that's all I told in my whole life, the only sin I committed in my whole life, one lie, it's justifiable then to punish me for eternity. That is what I'm saying. If I say, doesn't this outfit, does this outfit make me look fat? Yes. <laughs> you have to be, Yeah, you should be honest enough to go, yeah, you shouldn't wear that. Yeah. That outfit, any other outfit that you choose. Or, or suck it in or something. <laughs> I'm not going to tell the story about that time in Denver. Okay. Uh, that you told uh, earlier? Yeah, this is too many people now. That you now. promised you would never tell? <laughs> <laughs> it's different when it's just, you know, one or two people here or there, but I'm not putting it out there forever. Well, sometimes the evidence sticks out for itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... You're saying then that it's just true, and I just have to swallow that pill and get over it. Yeah, I'm saying just deal with it, it bud. I, I think the Bible is very clear that it's even the smallest sin separates us from holy God, and it's but our why? desire. But why? Why? Why is it that big a deal? Why such a small sin, like a little lie that doesn't hurt anybody? 
Well, is, isn't true that a small amount of disobedience is disobedience? Well, yeah. Well, then, then you're being disobedient. Well, it, but isn't it true that uh, our sins have differing degrees of consequences and oh, harm? And yeah. So then, how can how how can I? I mean, if I, sins, if I stole this Gatorade, if I actually I can't. I don't know if we can say that. If I stole this wonderful beverage and just brought it over here. Well, that's a reflection of your heart. Today is Gatorade. The next day, it's the First National Bank. So <laughs> that's a slippery I mean, slope, I mean, it does man. grow, you know. Yeah, that's a slippery slope. Next day, it might be two Gatorades. In communication theory, we say that is a poor argument. Slippery slope argument. Yeah. Just but because, it's true. Well, just because one thing happened doesn't mean these other things will happen. But it, it's an indicator of what's happening in your heart. Now, I think that's a good point. Because your heart wants, well, I'm worth more than that store owner's bank bank account. Yeah. I, so I'm going to take some from him. I think that's a really good part or point because once we... Once we think about things being a matter of the heart, we actually see that one act of sin, whether it be a deed or lack of a deed or whatever else, actually is a spider web of a whole bunch of sins. Selfishness, pride, entitlement, disregard for others, neglect of a person's welfare. You know, they've got to feed their family too, kind of a thing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. I think a lot of people have that question, though. Even people that are members of churches, uh, Christians, why, why is God so hard on some of these little sins? And and R.C. Sproul, back when he was alive, answered that question by shouting to a crowd, "What's wrong with you people?" <laughs> um, and he was right. He was right to kind of chastise them over that question, because I think it reveals our poor, poor understanding of the holiness of God. That's right. I think we should be striving daily, hourly, by the moment to, to honor God and to be holy. He has the full right and prerogative to punish sin, even what we might would call a small sin, just by virtue of His immense holiness. Yes. There is not... We can't even comprehend what it's like to not have an ounce of error in us. We, we can't even, re- we can't hardly relate to that. Right. We, we can't hardly fathom the, the idea, the thought, the concept of perfection, moral perfection. But the big problem with a lot of people is they feel like they're already there. Yeah. I don't do anything wrong. Which is how... Well, what about this? Oh, well, that person made me do it. Yeah, it's dangerous, isn't it, to think that you're morally perfect. It just shows you how, how blind sin is, or blind sin well, has made you. Well, if you ask them, I mean, are you perfect? They, well, no, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But I'm better than 90% and of the people. most of my sins are caused by someone else. Yeah. Adam, for instance. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think... Uh, I think what would do us well is to consider uh, the the grand holiness of God. You think about it. 
we're supposed to love. That's the Christian command, right? Sure. We're supposed to Absolutely. love God, and we're supposed to love our neighbors. Uh, we're supposed to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Even we're our su- enemies. We're supposed to love even our enemies. Absolutely. Um, and, and that is always true. But there are also times. Um, it, uh, let me tell a story okay. real quick. It's not the uh, one in Colorado. No, it's not that one. Okay, good. There, There's only been a handful of times, maybe one, two, maybe, maybe three times. But one time in particular where I was around an individual who I would regard as so evil. Okay. I mean, this guy stood out above the rest. I'm not talking he just lived a life of sin, right? I'm not talking he just lived a life of wickedness. This guy delighted in the darkest evil and... I could not stand to be around him. Well, that may be good, maybe not. Well, I mean, I, I I understand the Christian command to love and all of that kind of stuff. My point here right now is just the knowledge of his pure delight. And, and I mean, I'm trying to use the strongest word I can when I use the word evil. Just his delight of evil repulsed me. Okay. And it made me so uncomfortable and I just felt like I did not I did not at all belong around this guy. Chances I, are you're better off not being around him too much. I'm not saying it's a perfect match, but I'm saying there's this sense there where where that's kind of what it's like with a holy God and sinful people. But don't you also view that person, that evil person? As a lost person, and he's only acting out of his nature. Absolutely, but I don't, I didn't let that, I couldn't let that make him okay to me. He had rejected Christianity. He had rejected the gospel. He he mocked God. I mean, he was so hardened. And I'm not saying he's beyond salvation. I'm just saying in the moments that I was around him, yeah, yeah, I I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And and so again, it's not a perfect illustration. I'm just trying to trying to make a connection here. There's these people in life that we've come across from time to time that it's hard to be around them. Well, magnify that times infinity with a holy God relating to sinners. Sure, sure. And but it's not that God, God is it's not that God God's uncomfortable. It's not that God's uncomfortable. It's that God is repulsed by wickedness. He hates sin. In, even in a smaller version, that's you and me as well. Absolutely, that's Before what I'm saying. Before we came to Christ, we were, we were in a dark place, and we were darkness ourselves. Right. And what fellowship does light have with darkness? And so, I'm, the darkness flees from the light. I'm trying to to draw this picture here that sin, even the small, what we would regard as a small sin is a really big deal to God because of how pure and holy he is. Right. He has no, I mean, zero fellowship with darkness. So he can't, it's true. He can't stand the presence of sin. So even the smallest sin, did Christ go to the cross because of that sin? Yes. As much as he did for 
the murdering type. Yes. Evil sin. Yes. So, you know. Because to God, that, that little white lie is immense darkness. It's it's total corruption, moral corruption in that person. Right, right. And so it renders the whole person, the whole moral corrupt and bankrupt and dark and broken. Well, sometimes, you know, as a Christian, when we pray, sometimes when we really look at ourselves truthfully, we see that that's where we are. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we repent with tears and anguish and, and shame, asking well, God to forgive us and cleanse us. This is the, if there was a positive equivalent to the word absurdity, I mean, th- this is the positive absurdity of the gospel, right? That a holy God who cannot stand the presence of sin is repulsed by the slightest ounce of darkness and fully in his right and prerogative to punish what we would even regard as the smallest of sins. Right, right. Permits repentance. Sends his and, son and to die. And for us to repent. Yes, sends his son to bear that penalty for that sin so that we can be made clean and righteous and therefore have fellowship with him. I mean, that's that's the insanity of the gospel. And it's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it's glorious. It sounds right? like a, a very bad word to use. I know, but in I can't comparison with the gospel. I can't think of anything else to 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 describe. It doesn't make sense. No, it's not it's, to our human rationale. It's. It's so glorious that it feels absurd, but it's not absurd. I mean, it's it's so it's so beautiful that it it it's beyond expression sometimes. Yeah, it's beyond our understanding for sure. How can God look at this individual you're talking about and love them? How could God do that to me? And allow his son to die for them. Yes. And then again, how could he do that for me? Totally morally sinful. Sinful in thought, deed, action, word, whatever else, desire, motive, intent, and lack of doing good, whatever. I mean, that's that's me. And by all accounts, deserving eternal punishment for even the smallest sin of my life. Right, right. Totally repulsive to God in my wickedness. And yet at the very same time, God sends his son to die on the cross for my sin. So but God, so that I can repent and be made right with that God. Right. I mean, it's 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 not something that even the best human mind would think up on their own. Yeah. But it's a beautiful pic- picture. Yeah. Of God's love for us. Yeah. His long suffering. Yeah. And his justice. Yeah. Absolutely. He, he punished our sins. Ones we deserve, he placed on Christ. Yeah, he's dealt with my sin on Jesus. It makes me not want to sin anymore. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So sin comes into creation um, at the tempting of the serpent to Adam and Eve in the garden. Yep. They disbelieve God and thus disobey God, and that spreads through all humanity, so all have sinned before God. And even the smallest sin deserves the gravest of consequences and punishment due to the purity and holiness of God. 
And yet at the very same time, that holy God so loved the world, he sent his only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish, right. but right. have eternal life. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Why would this, this holy God, even today, to us as believers, welcome us and call us to come into his presence and talk to him? And keep extending forgiveness and patience and mercy. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm not I'm not perfect. I'm still struggling with sin. Well, and I, and yet I could make a funny joke, but it wouldn't be funny. Yeah, he's redeemed me in Christ. He's made me declared me righteous in Christ and keeps extending Yeah. Patience. And I think that's a key to being a a good Christian, knowing that you're a sinner saved by grace and that you're still a sinner and constantly in need of repentance. Mm-hmm. It keeps you from being, I'm better than this person. The Pharisees, I'm better than the tax collector Yeah, who said, God have mercy to me, a sinner. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, as we said at the beginning here, this is a major subject, a big subject. It's a subject that isn't the main point of the Bible, but permeates everything of the Bible. Um, it's what God is doing to deliver us from. Um, so it's a big deal. And we haven't covered even all, I mean, anywhere close to all of the components of right. sin. Right. Uh, but perhaps, as we always say, this spurs some thought or discussion in sure. somebody's life as they even examine themselves and reflect on the gospel uh, and the, the glory that we have in Christ and, and being forgiveness or being forgiven and made right with with God. So, yeah, important. We would love to hear if you would like to contribute to the conversation or if you have any questions, uh, hear from you in any format. You can do that on uh, any of our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also go to DoctrineDoxology.com and find lots of resources there, uh, all the previous podcasts as well as articles and other things coming in the future, as well as other ministries that we partake of, most notably what we call our pastor's cohort, which is really for any kind of church leader. Uh, it's a way for us to get them good, solid biblical resources and try to spur on uh, those men in their ministries and calling. You can also donate there to the ministry, and all of that money will go to help support and fund that initiative. So again, uh, we would love to find you visiting DoctrineDoxology.com. Cool. Well, let me pray, and we will uh, call this session to a close. Our Father, we are truly and eternally grateful because at some time in our lives, you spoke to our hearts, called us out of darkness, gave us the faith to believe, and opened our eyes to the truth of your Son dying on the cross for our sins. Lord, we are sinners, but we know you love us, care for us, forgive us, and give us eternal life and eternal joy. We just praise you and thank you for your love. Please guide and direct this ministry. May we uh, reach out and touch a heart, make them ask questions, Maybe if a soul's unsaved, Lord, maybe they will turn to you. Uh, give, us, give us guidance, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.